Welcome to the second episode of Are We Calvinists? Calvinists? After a long hiatus of two months. Yeah, two months, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we thought we'd start the this our, make our first segment looking at something that we sort of kicked off last time. We mm. we put it off because we didn't have Bibles at hand and we couldn't immediately find what we were looking for, and because we're Gen Zers, we yeah. we couldn't stand not we, being able to. We have trouble find. concentrating, and yep, it's just so like <laughs> it was the whole issue of the way. Mm. Um, in on our the, so last time, just for context, we responded to a uh, a Wikipedia page looking at Christianity, and under etymology, it included this really interesting um, comment. Now get it up so I can read it. Here it is. Um, I'll just read it off my computer to begin with. So it says, Early Jewish Christians referred to themselves as the way. And it says it's from Isaiah 42.3, prepare the way of the Lord. So we questioned that last time. Mm. We weren't sure whether that was uh, really... I mean, in our study of the Bible... That's never been the way either of us have understood mm. that word. That Christians kind of think of themselves as like, I am the way. Um, <laughs> when you say it like that, it's like, yeah. Well, that's the, kind of the way like, it comes across. I know. And, and so this is the thing. And like, I think after looking at some of these verses that we'll, we'll get up in a second, my my conclusion is this is misleading. Yeah. Um, actually, it's, it's probably up here on the screen. This is misleading. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's not necessarily like strictly speaking wrong in all situations, but it's just a really weird and obscure way of putting it. It's one of those things where I'd say if you were to if you were to read the way, you know, Christians refer to themselves as the way in like yeah. you've got no other context. You're gonna take the wrong impression yes. uh from that. And and particularly the reference, prepare the way of the Lord. Yeah, that's not a great reference. That's referring to John, right? Yeah, um, and we've confirmed that it's 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 an Old Testament prophecy of the voice of the one, you know, crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, to use the old King James, <laughs> just crying. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's that's probably the most misleading part of it because just a really really bad use of scripture. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we thought we'd look at the uses of the word or the phrase the way in the New Testament, and we got our. Producer Chris, <laughs> I don't know what, what we should call him, the, uh, the the behind the, the scenes man, Chris to uh, to get a few verses. So the first one is John fourteen verse six. John fourteen, 14. verse six. This is a relatively well known one. You want to go or I read it? You can read it. Six. Six. Jesus said to him, "I am the way." And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes. Which, yeah. There you go. Jesus <laughs> is the way. Problem solved. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like one of those like things that. when I read it and it he says, I am the way. Mm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really... And it's hard to know how like specific and literal to take it like i mean he is the way clearly but whether that leaves scope for some of the other verses we'll look at which to, mm. to say that well following jesus is the way like that's the way to to, to follow the teachings and practices of jesus is the way um what's the next one chris acts chapter 9 verse 2 acts chapter 9 verse 2 i'll read this one i'll read it from verse 1 
Uh, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And from memory, yours says, who belong to the way, yeah, which is kind of the same thing. So people of the way or people who belong to to the the way, way. which is part of, it's like associating Mm. with. Yeah, yeah. So it's like an an association. And that's a good point because it's kind of like um, we are not, and and probably the the most helpful way of illustrating it in my mind um, was the analogy with Christianity. Mm. We are not Christianity. Yeah. We belong to Christianity, and collectively, Christians are you know, Christianity. You refer yeah. to, to when you refer to Christianity, you refer to people who follow Jesus. Yeah, as a kind of at a collective level, and all the institutions and practices and and traditions and history that encompass that. Mm. Next verse. Acts nineteen nine. Nineteen nine. <clears throat> Do you want to read that one? I sure can. Once I find it. And he entered the synagogue, reading from verse 8, and he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Uh, But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the halls of Tyrannus. Tyrannus? I don't know. Tyrannus? Tyrannus. Tyrannosaurus. Rex. Rex. (laughs) (laughs) I said Tyrannus and I was like, oh, I hope I'm not just going Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, Yeah, well, that seems to fit the the context of, say, the way. So they spoke evil of Mm. Christianity before uh, the multitude. Um, It doesn't seem to fit so well if they spoke evil of, you know, Christians. Yeah. Um, It seems to be. And again, that's where the way... Uh, and I don't know if I'm just reading on to the passage here, but it doesn't seem... The way, when you hear the way, you seem to think of a way, like a path, a a thing that you do, not a set of people. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah. So it, it, it encompasses more than just the people. Maybe exactly. that's the best way of putting it. Well, we got another one. Uh, verse 22 of 19. Oh, we're still in 19. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. So it's something they're commotioning about, mm. not people, probably. Yeah, well, that is that is interesting because then, once again, if you're going, reading this as a group of people or, uh, how would you put it? Uh, belief system, for mm. the lack of a better word. There's a commotion against the system of belief, yeah, or a commotion against a group of people, yeah, um, yeah, and and I would almost say like if again if you got that analogy of Christianity, like there was a commotion against um, Christianity or about Christianity, um, like Christianity encompasses people, mm. but it also encompasses encompasses practices and beliefs, and oh stuff yeah, as well. So 100%. it's a belief system but also can be used to refer to. So, so maybe it's just a bit more of a dynamic way of using the word the way or, or Christianity mm. than, than the Wikipedia article seems to be giving it credit for. Have we got another one? Yep. 2414. 2414. Oh, no. I'm going to rip it. Uh, what do we got here? 2414. Neither can they prove, reading from verse uh, 13, neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. See, that one That one is a bit of a killer for me in the sense that it it's clearly equating it with a sect mm. at least the outside world of viewing it as a sect it's a, viewing it's it a, as a system of belief and practice it's a group of people as well but it's mm. all of those things it's not just your the way yeah exactly um or they're the way um unless you're including all of them yeah 
as a thing. So it's one of those things where it's like, I think, like you said before, it's just, it without a doubt, is giving the wrong impression. impression yeah. You and can... Maybe we're nitpicking. Yeah. Because it's kind of in, in, in some senses technically true because people are involved in what is called the way. In exactly. But it's not all about just a group of people. And it's one of those things, whenever it comes down to it, it's like... The main thing I think the takeaway would be, or at least it's my sort of takeaway, it's not really that it's necessarily like a horrible, horrible error. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's just that small little error where you can take it the wrong way. Yeah. And you can get the wrong understanding. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, with... with oh. Now I'm, tr- oh, I'm remembering a saying, but I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But in if you uh, was there any more? Twenty-two of that same passage. So, but but when Felix heard these things, having the more accurate knowledge of the way, the way. so it's not just like he, you know, he became good mates with uh, <laughs> yeah. the local Christians. Um, he adjourned the proceedings and said, yada yada yada. All the stuff he said. You can look it up if you want. Read your Bible. That was a fantastic. <laughs> rendition <laughs> yeah I know I was going to say um, I didn't know that was in the Bible <laughs> <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah so it's it's a knowledge of the way it's um, you know what was it in 14 according to the way yeah definitely mm. misleading what what they had actually and if I if I get it up um, again the wonders of technology yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this little note here this is probably the worst thing about it, thinking about it. Mm. The little notes, it kind of explains a lot more about um, kind of what we were looking at there. It appears in the Acts of the Apostles and, you know, has these different references to the, the usage of the term the way, um, ones that we've just read out. But for some reason, it's not taking that into account in its little definition. Mm which it uses the definition to refer to just they called themselves the way and uses the misreading of Isaiah. Yeah, exactly. It's Well, and that's the funny thing where it's like, and this is the thing I was saying before, is, is it's like all it is just saying is early Christians referred to themselves as the way. Yeah. And then gives the Kione, uh, Greek? Koine. Koine, Greek and the Romanized... Um, words yeah and it's like where do you get that from like there's no reference and it besides probably coming from Isaiah 40 yeah which then it's like well even Isaiah 40 it's like Isaiah 40 wouldn't have been written in Queen Greek no either it would have been in Hebrew (laughs) that's that's a good point (laughs) as well (laughs) um okay well we kind of went a little bit over time in that but we're going to conclude that Wikipedia was is wrong yeah. Um, it's it's not like explicitly wrong, but it's very misleading. So this yeah. is like a fact check for Wikipedia. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, do better. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just I'll just pull this up so I can um, show this next little. article that we got so on. This one was really interesting. It's amazing. Um, it's peak. Uh, this is sort of theology and and. Um, uh, theology and politics yeah. rolled into one, but I want to focus mostly on the theological side if we can. Mm. Um, it was an article written by a, a guy who's a... Professor. Em- emeritus professor, yeah. yeah. Uh, professor in history of religion, uh, religious thought. At the University of Queensland. So, yes. this is on the conversation. It's supposed to be an academic site. This guy is an emeritus professor. Like... I mean, that's like a professor, but with the emeritus. Yeah, it's just, so, it's not any sort of professor. He's got another word in front of it. <laughs> I think know. it just means he's retired honorary prof- professor. Um, but that's kind of pretty, pretty impressive. He should know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this, this, a- was, this article was looking at five aspects of Scott Morrison's religious thought, Pentecostal thought, mm. five aspects of Pentecostalism. Note the, the phrase there. Yeah, that's the important part. Yeah. The Pentecostal. Sh- yeah. So, any, anybody that's not a Pentecostal and it's like, you know, 
Reformed, Anglican, Presbyterian. You don't believe these, apparently. Yes. Yeah, these that, are just Pentecostals. The these, are, these are aspects of Pentecostalism that are supposed to shed light on what Scott, Scott Morrison does. So, um, the first one, and the one that I find really kind of... No, I find them all really interesting, I guess. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Miracles. Miracles. So... Scott Morrison's Horizon Church is part of the broader Pentecostal movement that emerged in the United States in the early 20th century. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I'm not going to question him on that. Mm. Um, that miracles happen is a central tenet of Pentecostalism. Which is kind of like one of those things. Oh, yeah. But a lot of Christians believe that. Yeah. Like, so we talked about... Oh, go away. <laughs> um, we talked about this a bit, a bit earlier. Um, Christians... Christianity is theistic. It's not deistic or deistic, mm. depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, deistic belief sees God as disconnected, sees God as kind of winding up the world and letting it go, and then he doesn't need to be involved or participate at all in the world after that point. A theistic belief shows God. I think one of the one of the core tenets of something being a theistic belief is that God is involved mm. in the running of um, the universe. Mm. Like, as in, he's actually intervening in the running of, of of the universe. So, and maybe this is naive of me, but I kind of think of God intervening in working in the world as a miracle, like the definition of a miracle. Yeah. Um, so maybe this guy, I mean, this guy would probably run rings around me if we're talking about definitions of words, but uh, that seems fair. Well, like getting the definitions from the Oxford languages... An extraordinary and welcome event. Sometimes I'd say... A Christian would say not all miracles are necessarily welcome events. But anyway, that is not uh, explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to divine agency. Yeah. So, the the everyday... You've got the everyday like running of... Kind of just the natural world, the sun rising and all that sort of thing. When When the sun stands still... That's a miracle. Yep. Um, when kind of a divine power intervenes and does something, whether it might be um, you know, blinding someone from seeing something, it might be... I mean, the, the classic example for all, that all Christians would agree, and, and I raised this before, was um, regeneration. Mm. Like the Holy Spirit actually intervenes in the world and brings to life a human yeah. heart. Um, that's a miracle. Yeah. So at a basic level, all Christians believe in miracles. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, and it, and this is the other thing that it, it I guess it depends um, on what he necessarily also means by miracles. Like if he's saying in the totality of time. Yeah. So like they just believe in miracles can happen. Yeah. So, which I'd say, well, all Christians believe in that. Yeah. Like virgin birth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that now, if he's just saying currently miracles can happen, I think most Christians would, of course, say ma- miracles can still happen. Yeah, um, some maybe wouldn't. Yeah, some might not. Yeah, uh, and and obviously his emphasis here is like he goes on to say, as a religion, it sees itself as recreating the gifts of the Spirit experienced by the early Christian worshippers. That's a legitimate point that yeah, there are different fair. ways of understanding the gifts of the Spirit, but it's not just about miracles, and it's also not just about thinking miracles happen today because mm. all can well even conti- continuationists cessationists all would believe that god does miracles 100%. it's just how that manifests itself through the holy spirit working through a believer specifically mm. that, that would differ on yeah well, exactly and it's funny even in saying that a lot of sensationists like so the the gifts have ceased like, and of course, it depends. Or the, the specific sign gifts yeah, have, have ceased. ceased. A lot of, I've noticed there are quite a few, since, like, it's a bit tricky because I go, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't really say they're sensationist then. But where it's like, yes, like I think. Th- yeah, it's like, yeah, look, it might have, might not have, or not really. But I think it has ended, mm. but it's not really hard and fast. Yeah. Yeah, and like to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, um, I would say that that that's probably not enough of a reason to say that kind of that 
um, that that person believes in miracles. Mm. Therefore, it's distinct from Pentecostal in the, in the sense that that person doesn't really know. They're kind of mm. agnostic towards those kinds of miracles happening in that particular way today. Mm. Again, I'd come back to the point that I think they still believe that miracles can happen and do happen if only through God directly working in the world, if not through the Holy Spirit working in people's mm. lives. So anyway, that's, um, you know, tongues and healings and that kind of thing. They're, again, legitimate points, but um, his broader point of just miracles doesn't hold weight at all, no. as far as I can see. So his second um, point is divine providence. <laughs> and um, this one's weird because... Um, at least, and I don't know what comes into your mind, but what comes into my mind when I think of divine providence, if I'm going to stereotype one particular tradition, it's reformed. <laughs> yeah, tradition. I know. I can imagine there's quite a few like reformed people that the, hear like, how dare they? That's our stomping <laughs> that's, ground. That's our thing. <laughs> it's like, like and, it's and, nearly insulting to them. <laughs> yeah, and particularly if you start reading it. So um, he mentions electoral mir- miracle, apparently the belief that it was a miracle coheres with the Pentecostal belief in the divine providence. Put simply, this is the belief that in spite of the apparent chaos in the world, as the old song puts it, he's got the whole world in his hands. I don't know if it was a Pentecostal who wrote that song. Probably not. (laughs) But (laughs) Maybe it might have been, actually. And and this, this is the funniest part. According to Pentecostal theology, Pentecostal theology, Mm. all of history... And the future is in the control of God. Mm. That sounds orthodox. (laughs) From creation to the fall of humanity in the Garden of Eden to the redemption of all in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And in turn, this will lead to the second coming of Christ, the end of the world and the final judgment. I mean, sounds like a kind of first century creed. Yeah, Second century creed, third century creed, fourth century for the rest of... It's like most history. most Christians here, like just didn't realize we're all Pentecostals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you read this so far, yes. you would. The, the only thing that kind of any Christians would really disagree on is the speaking of t- tongues and and healings. Exactly. Um, so far, it's all just Orthodox Christianity. So we probably don't need to spend any longer on the divine providence. So if we're if we're scoring this guy as to how well he's doing, not very well. He's got he's struck out on two counts so far. There you go. Right. When was it? Oral African tradition. African American tradition. Af- when was it written? Oh. I don't know. I'm get back on when it was written. <laughs> that actually does sound African American yeah, yeah, when yeah. you think about it. Um, okay. So the next one is warrants a little bit more discussion. It's prosperity theology. Which this is the thing where I'm like. So, in keeping with his theology, Morrison appears to see himself as chosen by God to lead us all towards his understanding of the promised land, which, as uh, we know, means uh, uh, if you have a go, you get a go. Um, this I, uh, this have a go philosophy sits squarely within Pentecostal uh, prosperity theology. As as it does within you know Protestant oh. work ethic, the, like if you look the, back at like the I don't know it's probably like eighteenth nineteenth century England, yeah, the thing and and many other places in Europe. I'm I'm being very specific with my historical um, points, but yeah, exactly. You know, we'll go to the town as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, it's a pretty general. Term. Yeah. have a go. Oh well, um, that's prosperity theology, is it? Yeah. It's it's one of these things though, but the funny part about it, whenever I hear this, so if you if you to say, especially in Christian circles, prosperity theology, yeah, normally you you'll think of um, oh now Joel now, Osteen, Joel Osteen yeah. um, and like Stephen Futrick, I believe, I, I believe I, it's Stephen Futrick, or Furtick, might Fertic. be Furtick, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't really when you think of those pros- prosperity you know, theology sort of people. I usually go, one, I wouldn't necessarily say they're Pentecostals. Mm. You could maybe say that. The thing... To be to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about them. To be Well, I have heard some people say they're Pentecostal, and, but, and I've heard other people say they're not. But yeah. the thing I go is, they don't say, if you have a go, you get a go. It's literally, they're usually up there saying like, just, you know... 
give money to Jesus and give your life to Jesus and he'll give you money. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You yeah. only got, have to give your life. It's yeah. like, so then what he derives, which we won't really go into, is he's just saying, oh, well, because of this sort of um, prosperity theology, this is why he, he believes in more of a conservative physical fiscal policy, which I'm kind of sitting there going... <laughs> <laughs> to even derive that, I'm going. Uh, it's, it's a long bow. It. It's such a long bow. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're, they're obviously, like he's done in the first couple of points, it's almost like he started with a general point that could be true of anyone, and then gone to some more specific points that hmm. you can say yes. You probably can test some of them, but like again, the the um view that belief in God leads to material wealth. That's kind of what you're talking about there. Mm. So that is a bit more of a prosperity gospel thing. Yeah. Oh, without um, a doubt. I couldn't say necessarily whether that's unique to Pentecostalism. Um, and then it says salvation to us con- has a connection to material wealth. And that's probably something you would maybe find a bit more in Pentecostal circles. Mm. But my, my point is um, not all Pentecostals, number one, not all yeah. Pentecostals are, are prosperity gospel people. And not all prosperity gospel is confined to Pentecostalism. Mm. And so you've kind of struck out on both measurements there. And and like once again, to then go ahead and say that from that theology comes a conservative fiscal policy. Yeah, that's I'm just, just kind of funny. Just, that's, you're just grasping at straws right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I got the date. Yeah. 1927. There you go. So 1927. Yeah, so Pentecostalism existed. Back then. It could be a Pentecostal song. Could be. Well, I mean, this guy probably knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. He's got so much of it right. It's fantastic. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. It's probably probably like if, if he was walking through this with us, he would probably be showing us how, like to be to be completely fair, how the precise use of language here and there, you know, is, is kind of nuancing his argument. Yeah. But the way it comes across to just average people like you and I, it's, it's like it's completely misleading. Well, this next one I'm going, I cannot see how the yeah. nuances of word... <laughs> Can I uh, explain this away? Exclusivism. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I want to read this. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to read this one. <laughs> so it stresses an immediate personal connection with God that is the exclusive property of those who are saved. This leads to a fairly binary view of the world. <laughs> I love how he says that as well. It's like how binary. Yeah. There are the saved <laughs> and the damned. The righteous and the wicked, the godly and the satanic. That's just like, it just sounds like the Bible. Mm, yeah, I know. In this, in this Pentecostalist exclusivist view, <laughs> it's just like he throws in exclusivist. Yeah, to, I know. And the ist on the end, just instead of a Pentecostal exclusivist view, it's a Pentecostalist exclusivist view. Um, Jesus is the only way to salvation. And we read in John 14. Yeah. Was it's it John 4? 4, 14. Yeah, John 14, that Jesus said he was the only way to salvation. <laughs> yeah, I know. Only those who've been saved by Jesus have any hope of attaining eternal life in heaven. So, only born-again Christians will gain salvation. Yep. Muslims, Jews, Buddhists, Hindus, atheists, and non-born-again Christians. That's like the killer there. It's like... I so, mean, Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I, I sit there going, so you're kind of just saying only Christians will be saved. Well, yes. I Look, yes, that's really it. Yes. And um, the the extreme Pentecostal, you know, exclusivist view mm. is really just Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. It's like, I, I do find it hilarious, like, in terms of Pentecostal that can, in some Christian circles, can come across as a bit light mm. like you know mm. um like because they're so happy yeah exactly oh, it's like, like you know, they must be oh, yeah obviously yeah not christians if you're happy <laughs> <laughs> but um you know some some christians would go oh pentecostals are very liberal yeah a liberal sort of christian so then when you see in this pentecostalist exclusivist view it's like they sound like extremists yeah sound terrifying yeah, exactly. And um, and I think that this is part of the... And I can't attribute any motives to this guy. But what I've seen a lot, at least, over the past little while in particular, is people capitalizing on a misunderstanding in the wider community mm. of Christian belief in general, mm. then using that to demonize 
like so they, they then they attribute this orthodox christian belief like exclusivism divine providence miracles mm. to pentecostalism mm. and then they they demonize use that to demonize pentecostalism um because it's kind of like they're then splitting them off from everyone else saying it's just pentecostals who believe it it's okay we're okay with the rest of you even though you believe all these things um but we're just talking about pentecostals yeah. it's, it's okay we will would knock them over and then we'll come after you. It's okay. Like poor Pentecostals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> particularly when it's just what everyone else believes. Um, yeah, I mean, if they if they believe something that's weird that no one else believes, then they leave themselves open to getting criticised. I'll criticise them I'll, as well. Mm. I don't mean that in a mean way, but like as a Baptist, if someone criticises you for believe, like believing in believers' bapt- baptism, then, I mean, that's fair enough because it's a Baptist belief. Yeah. Um, but if they criticize a Baptist for believing in salvation by grace through faith, <laughs> it's then like, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> whoa, what's that? <laughs> yeah. So this little quote right at the end here, thus as the website of the Christian group to which Scott Morrison's Horizon Church belongs puts it, quote, we believe in the everlasting punishment of the wicked in the sense of eternal torment who willfully reject and despise the love of God manifested in the great sacrifice of his only son on the cross for their salvation. Mm. Which sounds like it's like out of one of the creeds. I yeah. mean, I know it's not, but it, it, it has that ring to it. It's just an orthodox, I, I'd actually, um, traditional Christian belief. I'd say that's, that's, I like that wording, Horizon Church. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Horizon Church, here we come next Sunday. <laughs> okay, so the last one is pietism. This one was a little bit more complicated, partly because I I'm I I'm not like super, super familiar with pietism. I'm not so either. I, I can't really I th- <sighs> So it says it's what he's saying pietism is is it, it's about the individual's personal relationship with God. Faith is focused upwards on God in the here and now and the hereafter. Um, and yeah, so that it, sounds pretty normal. It's, it's kind of just like, it emphasizes a direct relationship with God. Yeah. And the thing with it, cause then it, like he goes on and hereafter the result is that Pentecostalism is weak on the social implications of its beliefs. Yeah, I was ignoring that. Yeah, I know. Social equity, social justice, and very much on, uh, are very much on the back burner. Which I, th- I think, if I had to guess, what, what I'm guessing is, is it's this more sort of he's, he's going rather than collectivist, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's going. Oh, so you're more concerned about your yourself and Personal your own salvation, yeah. salvation. Which I kind of sit there going, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's like most of these social issues that obviously he's trying to drive home at I'm going Pentecostals wouldn't agree with you with yeah so I don't even because it's funny because the way he worded that it comes across like he thinks the Pentecostals are going to be on his side yeah and and like he goes on so you would not expect from a Pentecostalist like Morrison any yeah. progressive views on abortion, abortion. <laughs> women's rights LGBTI issues immigration the environment same-sex marriage and so on that, that's like the ultimate question begging he's just assuming he's right assuming they should be agreeing with him in fact I've found that Pentecostals um, probably just in in Australia at least that's the experience I've had are some of the most proactive in speaking out on those issues but they don't agree with him yeah, like I know. they're opposed to his version. So social justice, from their perspective, isn't on the back burner. It's very important. Oh yeah, but it's only on the back burner because <laughs> they disagree with his view. Well, the thing I go is 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 he Falau? Yeah, he was very vocal, mm. and he's Pentecostal. Is he? Yeah, from my understanding. Yeah. Okay. He's Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Chris is gonna be, I believe he's Pentecostal, but yeah, okay. I might be wrong. Yeah. Well. Like, I Even think most of the... They're definitely disproportionately um, vocal in... Um, so, if you look at Lyle Shelton, who's former mm. ACL boss, he was Pentecostal. Um, I thought he was Baptist. No, no. Um, I think uh, Jim Wallace, the founder of the ACL, was Baptist. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Martin Niles' is brethren, so I'm not going to attribute Pentecostalism to him. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but like they're, they're very. I mean, there's there's this news coverage in Victoria recently where a whole bunch of Pentecostals were getting in, involved in the Liberal Party, and they're like, oh, hardline, oh, oh, far no. right Pentecostals. Getting me- it's like, oh. That's them being involved in social equity and social justice. 
from their perspective, doing what they believe is right. Mm. I, to be honest, I'm liking Pentecostals. Yeah, a lot. Well, that that aspect is is, is pretty this good. Is fantastic. Anyway, that's like. Uh, I get what he's saying there about the pietistic individual. But pr- the thing that they see is most important is in an individual's salvation. But yeah, then so exactly. All evangelicals, exactly. All evangelical Anglicans, or Baptists, or Pen- uh, Presbyterians, um, you know, or brethren groups, uh, all flavor of yeah. Anyway, so I, I I don't see much weight in that point either. Um, it's definitely not a not unique to Pentecostalism. One of the other things that I thought just in finishing, because we'll probably move on to our last topic, um, is that he's also assuming that Pentecostalism is just this homogenous group. That all mm. all Pentecostals look the same, all believe the same things. Um, and that's not the case at all. Like Pentecostals, you have like word of faith. Um, within Australia alone, you have you know your Word of Faith group, you have you know Assemblies of God, you have I think Hillsong's separate again, and um, I think Horizon might be might be associated with the AOG. Anyway, you have and then a bunch of like independent groups which all have different like emphases. You have people who are like charismatic groups within other churches who would emphasize a lot of similar things to Pentecostals, but they're part of mainstream kind of. Uh, mm. There might be mainstream reformed churches like Anglicans. They might be part of Baptist churches, but they're not Pentecostals. Mm. Um, but people like this would think of them as Pentecostals. So it's a really kind of lack of understanding around what actually makes up an oversimplification of what it means to be Pentecostal. Well, so anyway. it's yeah, hundred percent. It's like one of those things, especially when it's like, well, and look, at the end of the day, ninety-nine percent of that's Christian beliefs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, out of that article, um, there were some things there that you could say were Pentecostal, but uh, in the end, it seemed to be a guesswork at how certain beliefs that are just Christian beliefs are influencing Scott Morrison's policies. Sorry, Chris. So, he's part of Assemblies of God. Yep. Churchy. Who is? Uh, is he? Is he for that? Is? Okay. Yeah, so yeah I knew it. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I thought he was um, yeah, part of some little kind of independent church. It might have been. Stand corrected. No, no, AOG are big. Yeah, no, okay. Um, this, well, because the thing, I was I was like, I'm pretty sure he's Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I heard that. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Well, that, that was... That's a really good illustration of, of them being involved in social mm. issues. Um, willing wow. to actually take a stand on... It's it's really good, but not really good for the author of that. <laughs> no. It's really good from our perspective, yeah. Um, okay, so the last, the last thing I was thinking we could talk about is the fact that Italy has a female oh, prime minister. Prime minister. The first female prime minister. This is fantastic. And um equity. Yeah, it's I know. It's finally happening. It's finally happening and um <laughs> Oh no, she's a conservative. This is <laughs> oh, terrible. No. So, oh no. <laughs> okay, so feminists are not very happy. <laughs> I know this the that Italy has a female prime How minister. How dare they elect a, a female prime minister? There's this really good article um I've got here and I'll just read it and just interrupt me if you want to say anything. So Italy has a female prime minister and the progressive left are terrified. Italy has its first ever female prime minister and the progressive left are not happy, which is weird, right? Because it's the progressive left who bang on about the need for more women in politics and about the importance of smashing the glass ceiling. New Italian MP Georgia Maloney is a very impressive woman. She has a razor-sharp mind and is a brilliant orator. New York columnist, New, sorry, New York Times columnist Jason Horowitz used the words fascist or fascism 28 times in a 35-sentence article about Maloney. She has been described as the most dangerous woman in Europe. It's one of those things, and this it really is a real problem in the media nowadays, mm. is it's like literally, you're a conservative. Like, you, you come out. You could come out and you could be the most left-wing person mm. and say, I don't agree with abortion. Yeah. Oh, well, you're a fascist, obviously. Yeah. It's like, look, you don't have to agree with anybody's policies, but I'm going, no. you stop just calling name-calling people. Yeah. So, my from my understanding of what Georgia Maloney's policies are, if you compare them to Mussolini... There is no, there's no, like that's an insult to people's intelligence. Well, so and I did a bit of reading on the Spectator about her. Oh, that's that's a fascist source. Yeah, that's true. Oh, sorry, it's terrible of me. But anyway, pretty much because she's a a conservative, um, 
and from what I've read, she's religious, so whatever that. Yeah, she definitely is. believes in God, yeah. admittedly. Yeah. So, and I, I don't think she's pro-abortion, mm. and I'm assuming she's probably not um, pro-homosexual marriage and all mm. this. But from my understanding, she said she's not interested in touching those mm. issues right now. Really, what she is running on is illegal immigration. Mm. And that's what and like they're sort of more economic concerns yeah, and stuff. That's what it sounds like, and right. I'm kind of going well because my understanding was that the things that they were calling her a fascist for were her social things. <laughs> well, exactly. That's the funny part about it. And it's funny. <laughs> so, I mean, when I studied um, national socialist history um, at uni, one of the things that they were very, very keen to point out was that your Nazis were very pro-family. Mm. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's what they're picking it up from, is because they happen to be... I mean, they were, they were racial racial genocidists, and I don't think that's a word, but they were, <laughs> they were racists. They were horrible, disgusting, revolting kind of yeah. ideologues. They also happened to, um, because they were, you know, racialists and they wanted to preserve kind of an ethnic thing within their country they had this focus on kind of <laughs> promoting sort of birth and yeah. know, family strong families and stuff because of that um and then they say well as a result if you want to strengthen the family just for its own sake you must be a fascist that doesn't make any sense to me no it doesn't to to be honest because it's like one of these things that okay you don't really apply that logic to anything because the mm. thing is is look just because bad people a bad person might believe in good things mm. Um, doesn't make those good things bad. No. Like to be honest, well, it's the, the same. That- it's the same sort of line of arguing that, from my understanding, I might be wrong, mm. but Hitler was actually concerned about the environment. Mm. Like he was a vegetarian mm. and all this. So therefore, you know, obviously, mm. vegetarians are are, are Nazis. Mm. I hope they realise that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I go. Well, yeah, and you read uh, Karl Marx. Yeah. And I have so much sympathy with his despair mm. at what was happening in Europe during the Industrial Revolution, mm. the, the sort of dehumanization. Um, just because his beliefs were used um, by and built on by Lenin and Stalin to bring about the murders of tens of millions of people and mm. these horrible regimes does not mean that his concerns about the dignity of people were wrong. Yeah, 100%. I was actually thinking that this reminds me of... It's a common... Um, I won't... I won't... There's, a, there's actually a, a name for this sort of error in logic... Hmm. Uh, I can't remember uh, what, what it is. Like a by association or something. Oh, it's like it's a. I, th- I believe it's a modus ponens. What they call modus ponens, mm. and then taking the inverse of it, which that sounds mathematical to me. Yeah, it's actually mathematical. <laughs> There's a book of logic right up there. We can you can have a flick through it if you want. I'll probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but so, I I just think it's it's really. Um, uh, th- well, the it's, other a, thing- it's the same sort of thing. Oh, the the argument I was talking about is is pretty much a, is saying because X believed Y, mm. and Y believes X, mm. or because X believes Y, and Y believes C. No, hang on, sorry. Oh, never mind. I'll stop. I'll stop <laughs> before I get myself confused. I, like I think I know what you're saying. I shouldn't try because then I'll butcher it as well. But. Yeah, so like just because one person believes the same thing as someone else. Yeah, exactly. um, And then that person also believed other things doesn't mean that the first person believes the other things that the second person believes. The other person believes. Yeah, Uh, and that's a really good point. The second thing with this is the whole fact that the, the, with this story is that the feminists were not very happy and they're not celebrating the fact that a strong, independent woman is now the Prime Minister of Italy. Um, Mm. They would have much preferred some dude who agreed with them mm. um, to get in. And so they're kind of saying, well, you can't be a real woman almost unless you agree with us philosophically and politically and all the rest. We're not, we're not about celebrating women in general. 
we're actually only about celebrating women who agree with us. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, also to go and then back to what I think also some people would also say is because, like I said before, is, is she, I think she's more um, anti-immigration. Mm. I'm sure people would say, oh, well... What, unhindered immigration or something? Yeah, well, it's like, oh, well, so see, she's fascist because mm. obviously she must want an ethno state because mm. she won't let in half of the world into the country. Mm. Which my, understa- th- my, my understanding of that is her concerns are more economic than they are exactly nationalist. Well, the thing, my point of view with that is, is I, I go, look, and I'm not really in the, I, I'm not in a place where I can really comment on it, but I would imagine if... If she could go, okay, we'll let we'll let in as many immigrants as we can, but we'll just bus them all to the borders of France, Switzerland, Germany, and they can go in there, but they can't go in Italy. Hmm. I'm pretty sure Germany, Italy, and all those countries would start be going, start to go. Hang on, hang on here. No, 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 no. Well up. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things. And I do, I have heard, and I heard way before she got in, that mm. immigration has been a real concern, especially in the lower half of Italy. That's where a lot mm. of the concern is coming from. And from I think my people, like, for, uh, my 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 <coughs> reading on this issue has been really, really limited. Mm. And so I'm just, you know, be honest, I, I, I don't know a whole lot of Italian politics, but from what I can hear, a lot of it is this concern with economic concerns, cost of living, um, energy costs, um, all of those things that seem to be um, probably directly related to kind of mishandling of Ukraine and and Mm. all that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, so they seem to be more economic, more just everyday practical, and that's probably why she got voted in is because people Mm. are concerned about just can I survive, Mm. not... um, well, and it's funny because you also see this with a lot of, and this does annoy me, is you get a lot of other newspapers coming from, you know, everybody becomes um, an expert mm. on other countries' politics. Yeah. As Within soon like as any, two days. I know, I know. It's like you, you have it with Ukraine. It's like, oh, well, yeah. Russia invaded Ukraine and everybody suddenly is a scholar. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, don't worry. I've I've read all the great literatures of Ukraine. I've read all the comments under the yeah. YouTube videos <laughs> yeah, of my exactly. favourite commentators. I saw a five-minute YouTube video and now I've completely got this sorted. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, at the end of the day, she got in. Yeah. Um, I... I what what annoys me is this sort of like coming out. It's like even let's say hypothetically, mm. she takes a very hardline stance. This is getting very political, funnily mm. enough, but she takes a very hardline stance on immigration and something we would probably go, oh, that's a bit extreme. Yeah. The thing is, is I go, we're in Australia. We're not in Italy. Yeah. Like we really have no context to the situation. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things. I think people. It does annoy me, especially when people come out. It's like, oh, well, they're a fascist. Yeah, I read that on uh, NBN. Yeah, well, I actually saw a, a show reel of a whole bunch of um, American news outlets, and maybe some Australian ones as well, and they were all running this same line. It was the almost identical line, mm. and it was something along the lines of. Um, She's the most conservative, um, or no, sorry, her party, the Brothers of Italy, has links to post-Second World War neo-fascism. Now, what I've read so far, and I can't say that I can confirm that, that there isn't that link, um, but what I've read in terms of what she's actually standing for, not her associations and history and stuff, mm. um, is not that. Mm. Um, and yet they're all parroting this line. I haven't seen any evidence for that except for the her you know stance on social issues, which ironically is the same stance that any until recently any kind of normal conservative party or liberal party in terms of European context would have stood for. Would have stood for. And it's like not like that. Those sorts of people have changed. No, it's well, the, the so-called progressive side of politics that has it, been changing. Exactly. It's like. There's actually a study it was done by Pew, and it it's got the graph Pew Research, and it's got a graph, and it's pretty much I think this and this is just American politics. 
Now, the American right had moved further right a little bit. Yeah. But the American left had moved way further left than the right. It's like... That does not surprise me at all. Like, like they had... Yeah, sorry. It's interesting to see... Um, while the right... Sorry. While the right had done that, yeah. the left... Had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That, that's what I took you as saying. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Because I mean, in part, that's what they're... What they stand for mm. um, is constantly changing. And that's why I think often conservative parties are at a disadvantage when it comes to activism. Because normally each new generation that comes up, it's a little bit more exciting going out there and trying to challenge the status quo and, and make something further that, you know, to the left or yeah. wherever you want. Oh, well, uh, undermine w- an institution that is colonialist or racist or whatever than it is to to defend um, the good that maybe that... Or, or, or try and argue that the the harm that's going to be done by removing that institution or making that change is going to be worse than the the benefit brought about by making the change. Conservatism, I don't think naturally... or I don't think it's necessarily a very natural thing for a younger person Mm. to be, well, naturally conservative. Yeah. Especially because you're normally, when you're younger, you normally take more risks and you're normally more... um, yeah, you're more inclined towards risk. So when yeah. you start hearing people go, "Oh well, hang on, what's the what's the later implications of what we're doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like you hear that. It's like, oh, we don't need to worry about that. It's yeah. all right. Well, that'll sort itself out in in later times. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, and and then it's the older them that has to reap the the rewards. Yeah. For, for the things they do. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, we're we're getting on to a bit longer. About twenty minutes longer than we were intending to go, oh. but that's okay. Um, that was the second episode of Are We Calvinists? I hope you enjoyed listening to us discuss yeah. some politics and some theology and bit of everything. It really yeah. jumped and changed around a bit. I almost went into marketing mode there, like you know, give us a like and a subscribe. Yeah, if you can <laughs> like and subscribe, just drop a little love heart. If you're listening on Spotify, <laughs> that would be beautiful. Thank you. Are there love hearts? Yeah, the little love. I think isn't so. that for? Songs? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, sorry, no love hearts. Don't send love hearts. <laughs> Podcasts, I think you rate them. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm an old grandpa. It turns out. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hopefully it's been enjoyable. Um, it's been enjoyable for us. So we'll see you in the next in the next episode. Right. Au revoir. <laughs> in another two months. <laughs>